So this has been a whole new learning experience for me. When you're an educator, you do not get out. You do not know what there is. And I am learning that there is such an amazing world of different things out there. It just energizes me. This is 40 years of education and I'm still energized. So I'm really blessed to have this position. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. So welcome to today's episode. As always, super excited about the conversation that we are going to have. And today, we're actually going to be talking about something that um, many of our listeners um, have reached out about. There's a lot of curiosity um, about this idea of high school internship programs. It's a huge topic. It's a fabulous experience for students and for schools that have internship programs and that have figured out how to do them and do them really well. They are incredibly productive um, for everybody concerned. So joining us today to sort of share um, about their internship programs and the experiences is Tammy Cooper, um, who is the internship coordinator for the past five years at the Marysville Early College STEM School, which is located um, in Ohio. As, as our listeners know, many of our guests, you know, you always work close to home. These are the amazing stories that we're able to tell. And so, Tammy, um, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. So um, let's let's start sort of high level first and foremost. So let's sort of set the stage, if you will. Uh, as I indicated, our listeners come from all over. So first and foremost, tell us what is this thing called the Marysville Early College STEM School? Let's understand that first. So about six years ago, our school district applied for a straight A grant. And with the STEM uh, unit involved, we started working with Honda, um, and they were a big supporter of this kind of a program. So Marysville ended up receiving the grant. So we rehabbed an old high school and uh, brought in many uh, where robotics lab. Honda helped to supply that with the help also of the partnership of Ohio High Point Career Center, which is located in Logan County. Actually, I'm employed through the Career Center for this building, and um, we have a mix of five different career pathways. We have transportation, engineering, manufacturing, health sciences, and information technology. Uh, so the students have to make a choice between the STEM or the high school, and they do that mainly due to the pathways if they are interested. So we're kind of bringing some career tech this way. We are one of 14 satellite schools for Ohio Point, Ohio High Point Career Center. Um, so with that being said, then, um, as we all met, that when that first class was getting ready six years ago to be seniors, they knew that capstones and all of that was going to be needed. And I was asked to develop an internship program for those students. And five years later, here we are. So um, within that first year, you know, um, it's really difficult sometimes. I think we're, we're getting 
it's getting much easier. But five years ago, people would hang up on me if I wanted to do, have interns under the age of 18. And um, with perseverance and you just keep asking and get that conversation out there, um, it has become easier. And as a result, we started out with maybe 17 job shadows slash internships that first year that we developed. Mm-hmm. And this year I had 97 interns. Wow. That's so, a big difference. Yes. And that's <laughs> out of a senior class of 142. So the goal is to get a hundred percent, but we have companies contacting us now. So, and it helps that Ohio is a state, especially here in central Ohio, that workforce readiness and development mm-hmm. is so big for our governor. And um, I think all that they have done and what they continue to do has helped us. I'm not a shy person, so I will be networking wherever I go. One thing that really helped me was our Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Eric Phillips is our CEO in workforce development, and he and he will introduce me through email a lot or mention to companies what we do. Um, I attend a lot of their business meetings. So I network that way, but it has been a very good way to reach out and get to know people, get to know jobs that I never knew were available. And of course, I'm relaying that directly to the students and the staff. The other part of our school is early college. So we have an agreement with Columbus State. A lot of our students are enrolled as college students. And um, we've had several, probably over the five years, we've had over 20 students who actually have earned an associate's degree from Columbus State before graduating from here. So so we're, we're in that mix. And sometimes that's hard to place into students in internships and still have them get, you know, the classes that they need. So, so that's a little bit about how we started and what we yeah. do. But all doable. And, you know, one of the things, again, you know, as I mentioned um, early in the program, this is something that I've had a number of listeners reach out and say, hey, you know, oftentimes in the course of the interviews that we have, this notion of internship comes up, even if the conversation is not about an internship or it's not about internships in general. Somewhere along the way, it's not uncommon for the, the, the notion of an internship or internships associated with something else that are happening. It does come up in the flow of the conversation. And it is one of the things, as you've indicated, it's hard to get started. And quite frankly, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've I've worked with so many schools over the years in so many different places, you know, across the United States and other parts of the world that I've seen some really amazing internship programs, some really great success stories. And I've seen some that, you know, you can just tell by talking to the kids, talking to the teachers, even talking to the partners. This isn't quite working right. The mechanics don't really work. So one of the things I'm really hoping, Tammy, that we can dig into just a little bit is let's let's talk about the the structure of the expectations what what makes in Marysville's you know in the school's sort of eyes an internship I don't want to say what makes it work. I'm really more interested in this point because we're going to get into the what makes it work in a minute because that's that's a lot of that partnership and the work that you are doing up front is, is part of that. But what's the structure itself or the expectations? So a student who at Marysville who completes an internship, what what is it that they're getting out of that or the structure of the success, I guess, I guess right. we're really trying to get into? What, what does that look like? So I feel very... Um wholeheartedly, deeply that our students need to have 
continual interaction with me along the way Mm -hmm. Um, with 97 kids. That's hard. But um, so right now I've been, tomorrow's our last day of school. I've been calling all the juniors in that have applied for next year. So I have an application process in the spring for the juniors. Now this is mainly a senior program, but when I can't fill spots, I look for juniors. And so we had about seven juniors this year completing internships. So um, once they complete the application and they write for me um, a writing prompt, why do you want to have an internship? Why should you be in this program? And then I ask them to give me a basic resume. Along with that, I will be next week checking on grades and and continuing to monitor that because I feel they should not be out on something if they're not doing their part here at school. So grades are always checked. So then in August, when we come back to school, I have a two-week boot camp is what we call it. And in that boot camp, I give them, we talk about where they want placed. Not everybody's always placed right away. We talk about um, social media. Um, We get people in to help them create professional LinkedIn accounts. We talk about Facebook and the realm of that. We talk about current email addresses that are not very professional and we need to change or get a professional email. Um, We talk about multi-generations. You know, we all know that there could be someone like I am, and I'm kind of old school, learning the new things, working, I could be working beside an 18-year-old. And for them to realize what my um, notion of work ethic is for theirs can be different. So we talk about that. We talk about ethical behavior, work ethic, all of the skills that are the employability skills. Ohio has set 16 different employability skills, which can give the student an Ohio means jobs career readiness deal. And I require all of my seniors to at least attempt to get that. Um, Some of them then choose, well, they're not going to follow through. And I, you know, it's their choice, but it, um, of course, with this year's juniors next year, they have to have several SEALs in. Anyway. Right, right, right. So I work on those kind of skills. And then throughout the internship, oh, I also do mock interviews. And then we do some speakers come in mm-hmm. and I have some um, ex-graduates that were in successful internships come in and talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's all that two-week boot camp. Then they meet with me every Two, two Wednesdays a month to come in and record hours, write reflections, tell what they liked, what they didn't, um, just give me a spiel mm-hmm. about what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. They have a mentor interview that's expected for them to do when they first start, just to get to know that mentor and what mm-hmm. path did they take? What was their education? And this is a student interviewing the mentor? Yes. Okay, that's I, I love have, that. That that's yeah. a really great um, element, and it's not one yeah. that I've I've heard lots of what you've said. I've I've heard bits and pieces, right? But that's not one I've heard a program say, "Hey, it's a requirement. We want you to actually interview the mentor, not just the other way around." I love that. So thank you for that innovation. And they uh, they just um, some of those people that wasn't the path they went. Right? So yeah, that's absolutely. Need to know. The other thing along with that is a site paper. So if you're going to intern at Honda of Marysville, you're going to write me what you find out about that company. Because if someone comes up to you and asks where your internship is being done, and you say you don't know what they're doing, that's yeah. not a good answer. Yeah. So yeah. 
those are the first two things we do. And then, so then throughout, you know, we'll do the meetings, like I said. At the end, they have a presentation requirement. Um, in the past, with smaller numbers, we did um, PowerPoint presentations. This year, I broke it into five hour and a half presentations with 17 students in each because there was just so many. I liked some of that, but it was very taxing on me. So I'm thinking, you know, of another way I'm not going to do without presentations because I think that's very important. One thing I changed up this year is they had to do a display board. And then once they introduced themselves and thanked their mentors and gave them a little gift and their certificate, they went back to their boards. And then anyone, parents, community members, board members could ask them individually. And a lot of feedback was this was great because students had to talk to us. I, you know, eye contact, know what they were talking about. So that was really a positive. Let's see, there was one other thing that they have to do. So the home means jobs, and then that the presentation is the end. I guess that's really it, but um, that has to be, you know, again, that's all the requirements that I have. Other than that, yeah. I mean, you know, then we're done. So that's the student experience. So let's let's flip this around then and the same sort of question, but this time let's talk about it. So I'm Honda or I'm, you know, any other local um, industry or business where one of these 96 kiddos could have gotten placed this, this past year. So what's the experience like? What, two questions. So what's the experience like for me, right? What are the school's expectations of me, Honda, and me, Annalise, the mentor the at Honda? You know, what are those expectations and what does that experience really sort of like or translate for me as a company? Because, you know, it, it is that it is always one of the things, you know, as you said, and, and I've lived this with you. So I totally understand this notion of, I can't tell you how many companies I've called on behalf of the schools that, you know, I'm working with saying, hey, you know, we would really love to set this up for you to be an internship site. And the one of the first responses is, oh, you know, because of OSHA or all these other reasons, if they're under 18, we can't take these kiddos, which fortunately is not actually the case. There, there are ways around some of those constraints, almost always. But, but at the end of the day, though, you know, there is an, an internal experience that happens, right? And so internships don't just happen to kids or to companies in the most ideal world, they they happen with these partnerships that can be robust and quite frankly, transformative both directions. Right. So when I speak with a company, actually, I was on the phone call this morning with two new companies that I'm going to be going to visit. So I always try to make an in-person visit to a, a new company, talk to them about our partnership. Within that, we talk about um, our program is kind of strange because we don't have blocks of times that students go out. So I usually tell the mentor or whoever is in charge of looking for that mentor for the student, we give them on an individual basis when that student has time to come, which we're so fortunate to have all the companies. That's just how I have structured it. And we've not ever had a problem doing it that way. So then what I do when I find out who the mentor is, when we go in for that first interview, I always go with the student or if they come to our school, 
I feel the students, some of them, this is their first, well, won't be their first because they're going to do mock interviews, but it's, a, you know, a, a professional interview. They always ask me, I tell them how to dress, what they need to do. They have a copy of the resume. So really, I get to know you so that the mentor knows what the student's knowledge is. As I sit there as what I call the matchmaker, because they will start talking about engineering or whatever they're talking about. I have not the least knowledge about any of it and you can see that connection which is so fantastic so and then I have a list of mentor responsibilities that I give to the mentor very general you know they are training with you this is an outside of the classroom experience you are their mentor slash teacher And, and so that was an initial. I went somewhere and a lady had told me that she was assigned a student and didn't know what she was supposed to do with them. And I had right. never right. thought about that. Piece. Right, right. Well, yeah, because not everybody knows what to do, right? I no, mean, these no. folks did not go into teaching. They went into <laughs> industry, right? So we have right. to help them out. Right. We have an obligation to ensure yeah. that relationship can, in yeah. fact, be functional. Right, absolutely. Right. So then uh, once they have the expectations, I check in with them every couple of weeks. Email has been fantastic. Of course, during COVID, we had to initially, we stopped everything. But mm-hmm. our when we came back, I was amazed at how many internships I could have mm-hmm. because businesses have protocol in place. Yeah, yeah. So as long as a student followed that protocol, they didn't have a problem. So we were very fortunate in that. The other thing I do, like I said, is every couple of weeks, I will send them um, an evaluation to just touch mm-hmm. base with. They always know they can call or email me. You know, sometimes they'll say, hey, can you call or, you know, have questions about things. And then I always make sure, so we do an ending meeting. So I'll go in, do the final evaluation, but I will meet with the student and mm-hmm. the mentor to mm-hmm. kind of close that out. And then we always invite them to presentations. And I ask the mentor to stay with the student when they're doing their, mm-hmm. you know, gallery walk. Yeah. Um, and we always make sure that they're thanked. And I let the students know that they are not just your mentor. They still have obligations and responsibilities of their own jobs. So you need to know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that is generally the groundwork mm-hmm. that I lay then for um, our partners. Mm-hmm. And so- Yeah, and that's fabulous because that's one of those often forgotten pieces. So I'm really Mm -hmm. glad we were able to touch base on the fact that, yeah, we have to help these folks know how (laughs) to, I mean, you know, lots of these people, you know, have children of their own, but it's very different. This is in a professional setting. So the expectations do in fact need to be managed. Don't just, you know, throw these poor kids and mentors to the wind. So I appreciate that very much. You know, a sort of follow-up question that I have, because internships, themselves, right? The content, I guess, if you will, of the internship can be highly variable, right? So there are things that are labeled internship that I would say are more job shadowing. Um, There are also things that are labeled internship that are, for example, um, you know, kids coming in, filing, doing just like basic business sort of stuff. And not that there's anything wrong with that. That's totally fine. But then there's also internships that sort of fall on the other end of the spectrum, which is that the students are participating not just in the actual work, but the R&D. They're doing research. They're doing something meaningful and tangible for that company that actually advances the company beyond day-to-day office operations. So what are we talking about here with your program on that scale? 
So um, sometimes companies don't like the word internship. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned that I use the word job shadow, long-term mm-hmm. job shadow once a okay. week. Now those students are in situations where they really can't do a lot of hands-on. They can mm-hmm. do some, but to me, that's still an internship experience. If mm-hmm. they're going once a week for a couple hours, they're still getting something out of that. Sure. And to the other extreme that you asked about, one year I had a girl hired in the paint department at Honda the East Liberty plant. Her internship was to figure out why the mold was growing in the paint containers. Hmm. She was all over this. That's awesome. It it was. And Mm -hmm. when she did her presentation, it was amazing that here's this high school student that they entrusted. So Again, you're right. There are times that those students are so involved. There's a lot of students at Honda that get part of a team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, they go in, they get their own desk, their computer. They're so excited. They have their spot. Um, One thing that I have tried to make everyone believe, and I really haven't had much of a problem with this. They're not in there to do your dirty work. We're not calling us an internship if all you want them to do is take 10 boxes of files and get them caught up for you. That's not why we're doing this. And so I feel that that's, that's my place and not the students to say, hey, I, I'm not going to do this. This isn't what, you know, I was interning the reason. Right. Um, and so then I will step in. So they know I'm kind of that person that if they have a question, they don't want to ask, or, you know, when they tell me when I'm checking up with them and they tell me something like that, that's not the intention. This needs to be meaningful. And we are required on our training plan that we create for the work-based learning internship that we have to match some of the state standards with what they're doing. So if you're matching that, then those are the things that, you know, so you go back and say, you know, I know you were, you didn't have anything for them today, but we really need to concentrate on the standards. Right, right. So I think that helps that part also. Yeah, absolutely. So that's super, super important. So, and like I said, you know, internship programs run the full spectrum. And it sounds like, you know, your your internship program does, in fact, run the spectrum, right? So from right. fairly simplistic internship slash job shadowing that are still work-based experiences to fully embedded um, in R&D and research teams and probably everything in between. Right. Um, so, so your internship program doesn't focus one space or the other, which is absolutely okay, but it's really more the full gamut. So one of the other things that I'm curious about um, that was in the materials that you, you sent ahead uh, was something that you call, um, you know, your, your career signing, I think is what it is. Um, yeah. So what, what, what exactly is that um, in your program? Well, as we were going along um, through the years, it was, um, we had academic signing day, you know, mm-hmm. athletes get their signing yeah. day. Yeah. And I thought there needs to be a career signing day. Cause I always kind of felt like we were shoved to the back and it wasn't intentional, but career tech center, you're going to center on all that. We're kind of a combination in a weird mix. So last year, um, and this was with COVID, um, luckily, so I had 10 students 
that were interning at places that then they wanted to continue and the mentors wanted them. And so they were going to continue that next step in their career, which some of them were still going to school, but they were still employed by this business. So that to me is a celebration. You have made an option. You've made a, a decision. The company wants you. This is what you want to do. You didn't know what you were going to do. And now that has been solved for you. So. I, um, we had it at our chamber of commerce office. They let me have it there. But what I did is called the mentors the co- from the company and then the parents of the students. So we did individual where we maybe had 15 minutes. So not everybody was in the same room. So they, then they sit down with the mentor. Um, we took lots of pictures. I had a table set up. The companies brought in, you know, posters to put behind them, whatever. Um, My superintendent from High Point was there, the superintendent from Marysville and the principal. And um, each of those students signed a paper. All it was was a certificate that I had drawn up saying, you know, you are now whatever. They brought some swag from their companies to give to the student. And to me, it just, it was so special, especially since we didn't have it in school. It was more, you know, So that's what we do for career signing. And this year, we did not have very many students continuing on with what they wanted to do. Some of them were just ending. I could have had like two or three career signings and all of a sudden the year got away. So I got to figure out a way to know that sooner than later. But to me, that's just as important as military, you know, college, athlete. And I think the kids felt, you know, we're made to feel special too, so. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a fabulous thing. And it's one of the things I was super excited um, to see that you were doing because we do, you know, oftentimes, you know, we, we, we sort of, or at least we advocate certainly at pass, you know, for it to sort of change up the conversation, right? You know, and we really need to be talking about, you know, career or work readiness, not just college readiness, which has been a trend for, you know, many decades now um, here in the U.S. in particular. And although nothing wrong with that, obviously, but what we we know from being in this space for so long, and you certainly know because of where you sit and, you know, and within the academic sort of realm within your community is that we need we need all of those professions, right? We need the kids who want to go on to full-on post-secondary. We need the kids who want to go to career tech um, to to earn credentials and to community college. Um, we need the kiddos who want to go directly to work. We need the full range in our communities or we're not going to have the services that we need, right? And so honoring the fact that, you know, some of these kids are going, you know, taking those internships and they're going directly to work. Um, doesn't mean, you know, they have so many options. And to celebrate those options with those kids changes the visibility, I think, of the conversation. And so I applaud you and the community for doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's spectacular. I really love that. You know, I always like to um, sort of close the conversation by recognizing that there are, are folks that are sitting out there listening to Tammy talk about all the amazing work that you've done and are saying, hey, we don't have a program like this in our community, but I'd like to to be involved in getting one started. I have no doubt 
that you learned some some lessons along the way. And so for folks that are just getting started um, and are really just wondering, you know, hey, what do I need to know? What should I do differently? You know, what are what are two or three things that you would tell somebody as they're thinking about getting this up and running that, you know, you wish that you had known along the way? <laughs> well, I think the first and foremost as we were getting the program started, I was introduced to some key players. Uh, but then I guess if I'd have known that, and and see, I think today, but it can still be happening in areas, I'm sure. I never gave up. If somebody told me, no, you can guarantee that they were going to get another call from me in a few months. Uh, One of the gentlemen said, I think I got weekly calls from her until we got the first intern in our business. But you have to, you have to want to be able to just not that you're bothering them, but is there another way? You know, another thing that I say, you may not want interns. Can you come and speak to our kids? Would you give us a tour? So I try to tell them that partnership to me is a lot of different things. And then I think if you get them as a partner and they start seeing what you're doing, I think that the helps well, somebody else is doing it. So then they want to also. So that was something that was initially difficult. The other thing, I guess, I started this class program. Most career techs don't have a class component with their internships. So this is kind of unique in itself. I, when I think of how you know overworked we are, this is something I surely think I need to take off my plate. But when I want the program to be as good as it is, it has to consist of all of those things, I yeah, feel. Yeah. I, I think your kids completely benefit from it. The fact that you have a boot camp, you've got a process, and you meet with them right. on a regular basis. I mean, that at the end of the day, that's that scaffolded support, right, that is necessary for kids to go off and learn to be adults um, in a professional setting. So I, I applaud that uh, component. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anything else? I'm just... I don't know. I uh, It seems like I've been put into education, and every time I get put in a position, I'm always starting the program. So I definitely feel, I mean, I from groups and, and different conferences I go to, I pick up a lot with career tech people. And of course, my motto is why reinvent the wheel? You know, I've helped several programs with giving them some of my information and what we've done. And I guess the thing for me, and I'll tell you my struggle, I think they thought since I'd been in education for so long that I knew everything, but I'd never worked for career tech. And so there were things they said, no, this is how this is done. And this is done but I was never told that until I had done something that wasn't the way they wanted it to be. And so I guess I would have liked to have, I didn't know about what the career techs were doing with internships, except through this one committee I served on. And I got all the information there, but I never got it directly from here. So, you know, if, if you've taught in a career tech, you're going to know those things, but I I did not. So this has been a whole new learning experience for me. When you're an educator, you do not get out. You do not know what there is. And I am learning that there is such an amazing world of different things out there. It just energizes me. This is 40 years of education and I'm still energized. So I'm really blessed to have this position. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It sounds like you really love it. So, Tammy, thank you so much for making time in your day to share share your work and your story uh, with our listeners. We truly appreciate it. And we appreciate the work that you're doing on behalf of kids. So thank you okay. for that. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.